Welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey, episode number 142, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller, and he's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. Francis, your name's not Francis. A lot of people probably don't know that. Could be Francis. Great. Francis. Francis, Francesco, you'll be a lot of I've things. I've gone by so many names over the years. Charlie. Charlie. Yep. Fra- Frank. Frank was popular Charles. for a long time. Charles. Everyone called you Frank for a minute. Sheepy, I, sheepy yep, called you, you called Charles. Charles. Yep. How did Bean start? Was it Brent? Technically? That's, that, that's the story we say. That's. I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's what we say. I think it was I, a time old buddy Brent. Shout out our friend Brent. He probably has never seen a second of this show. Um, he goes, what up, Charlie Bean? And I, I think that stuck. Because the picture, your gamertag picture was like a little bean. Oh, yeah. I'm it was like the angry up. bean. <laughs> Are you going to be able to find it? I put in, yeah. I mean, I sh- Xbox 360 bean um, gamer image. Or what is that called? What was it? Like, was, was it like Avatar? Like your Avatar? I don't know. You found it? Oh, he found it. No. Oh, wait. Hold it was on. like it was like an orange background and the bean was blue. Oh, I'll never forget it. I'm not going to be able to find it. If I find it. If you find it throughout the show, pop it on the screen. It's just going to be random. All right. We could I be don't talk- know what it's called. Gamer icons. We could be talking about, um, you know, Jack did, Jack Hughes' expected goal for, and all of a sudden the Xbox bean is going to pop up on the, um, the screen. But you do remember it, right? I'll probably find it in three seconds. Xbox 360 bean avatar. Let's see if it pops up. I have a funny feeling I'm going to be able to find it in five, four, three. Two, one. There it is. There it is. There it is. Exactly what I told you to type in, dude. Xbox 360 Bean Avatar. That was me. That was you. Well, Frank, I'm sure we'll talk about video games just a tad in this show. Does anything look different about me? Anything look different about you. The day you cut your hair is going to be a monumental day in franchise history. You think you'll recognize right away? Without question. Well, I'll say, did you put your hair back? But if you take the hat off, then yeah. Okay. Um, you got new glasses. No. You got a new uh, jersey that you're rocking. I do got a new jersey. That's, that's not, not it. It is. You that's got a new mic. No. 
don't think too hard. You got a new hat. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That is nice. That is dope. That is dope. I wonder if they make that for all 32 teams. Well, Frank, we're going to talk about best gift, bro. It doesn't matter. I got a show. Show it in period number one. Come on. Come on. Welcome period one, Frank Christmas. The snow's coming down Christmas. Frankie's got a New Jersey Christmas. I still don't have a goalie on my team Christmas. Frank, Merry freaking Christmas. That's a great Christmas. Hell yeah. Did you witness any fights? No. Hell yeah. Me either. Did you? No. I did. Was there any Christmas drama? You know, maybe a couple drunk uncles talking some politics, maybe some religion. Uh, I think my brother had Christmas Eve drama, but I wasn't there for that. Oh, 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 oh. See, I, I love it. The, fa- the family drama. Yeah. The family drama on Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. that's the best. We don't have any drunk uncles that talk about Trump versus Biden or anything fun like that, though. We need some of that in our family. I need two idiots arguing with each other about the left versus the right. Oh, and that's easy. Me and Frankie will just sit in a corner and freaking Put Joe uh, and Jim in a room and we're good to go. <laughs> that's funny. That's very funny. That is objectively funny. Um, Frank, what was the best gift you got for Christmas? Snow's coming down Christmas. This is a tough one because I got so many great gifts. I don't want to just single out one. You know what I mean? So I kind of created like a Mount Rushmore. Name a a couple then. Hell yeah. The Connor Bedard jersey. Oh, the Connor Bedard. It was sooner rather than later. I was going to get one, whether I was buying it myself. Or if I was receiving one as a gift, I was going to have one at some point. Also got Blackhawks tickets. Ah, for when? Uh, January 13th to see the Dallas Stars. Oh, fitting. Yeah, she's going to wear her Stars jersey. She's oh, torn. Yeah. She's torn, but I'm like, just wear your Stars jersey because we're going at, like, when's the next time you're going to go to the Stars game? So, like, oh, yeah. Have which, you seen the Hawks play the Stars before? No, never. I so have once. This will be a, a team to cross off my list. Yeah, yeah. Um, I well, that when I did, they hadn't had their current logo yet. It was still the old ugly one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, of course. They, the Dallas Stars made a significant upgrade when they switched logos. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it's so clean now. Yeah, very clean, very clean. G also got the same jersey I have, but in white. Ah, Connor Bedard Road sweater. So that's why she was torn. Like, does she wear? Do we both wear different Bedard jerseys? That'd be kind of cool. But I'm like, yeah, just wear your Stars jersey. It'll be um, fun. Also, G got me. This is an incredible gift. Um, it's ice, melted ice from Connor Bedard's debut. Ah. So I think that's cool. Like 20 years from now, like I have the ice he skated on in his now. Game. Now home debut. Ooh. It must be right because they're not going to sell the ice from Vegas, Pittsburgh, or was Pittsburgh right? And then it was Vegas. Pittsburgh, you're right. You're yeah, right. I'm pretty sure it's his home ice debut. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And that then, is so cool. And then my meaningful gift from my mom, 
because she knows like this this one got me i started to cry because it was just it was a really heartfelt gift that you connect with she got me a box um it's like a i guess you could say it's like a jewelry box kind of but obviously i'm not going to use it for jewelry i'm gonna I'll, I'll use it for other things but it's a box that you could wind up and when you open it it plays the song from the polar express ah and then she got me the believe bell that goes with it that i'll like put That's in sick. the box it's just something i'll always remember you know because down the line when they're no longer here anymore i'll just always have this to remember and it's to my favorite christmas movie so it's just i i loved it it really got to me and it's just it was a special it was a very special moment so you always gotta believe it was, I'll, I'll always believe. That's what I say. If you don't believe, you don't receive. So, 100%. I agree with you. I'm in the same boat. I believe the same thing. I did watch it, Frank. I lived up to my expectations. Did I you? told I told you I was going to watch it. You probably said, There's no way Vinny watches the polar. He's I got, he's I got three days. He's got three days before Christmas. There's no way he watches the polar express. You're right. That was There's my no, no shot. No I'm shot. I'm surprised. I watched it. It had been a long time. I I remembered vaguely some of the things because of how long it's been, but most of it it was like watching a new movie. And I'll tell you what, I liked it. It was the ending's great. great. The ending's outstanding. You always got to believe. I'd be able to hear that bell right now. Oh yeah, I do hear the bell. I got the bell. I shake it. I can still hear it. Dominic goes, "I can hear it. I can hear it." I go, "Yep." Always, never stop hearing it, and uh, it was very special and. It's just a good Christmas overall. I'm very happy with how everything went. So I hope you had a good Christmas. What's some of your gifts that you got? hundred percent. So I got a bunch of really cool things. Um, obviously, I'm super excited. I got a PS5. That's very exciting news. I got I some really, you did know it was coming, which was kind of an a-hole move to not tell me. But, you know, screw you. <laughs> um. I got a bunch of really cool clothes and um, games to go with the PlayStation. Oh, what'd you get? Um, the game, the PS5 itself came with Spider-Man 2. It came, or I got Rainbow Six. I don't know which one it is. I got to do some research on it. I don't know if it's still popular, the Rainbow Six series. Um, the new Call of Duty. MLB, yes. MLB 23, the show. And I'm missing one. Oh, Jedi Fallen Order. Survivor or Order? The first. It's the first one. Oh, Fallen Order. Though. I wanted the first. I would have wanted the first one first anyway. Like I'm not gonna play Spider Man Two till I play Spider Man One. Spider Man oh, well, Two is I'm what sure came with Xbox. Miles, Miles Morales. Morales. I'm going to. So I have the code to download. I'm gonna download it to get it out of the way and make sure the code don't expire. But. I'm not going to play it till I play the first two. And then it's, you want to know what one of my like real favorite gifts is? Because there's something I have to buy to go with it. But you know the dozen? Yeah. The, the show I watch on YouTube Bar from Barstool. It's the while, trivia show. Online trivia game. Yeah. They have like the card game. Oh, you, you got it? Yeah. And oh, it's a, it's awesome. Yeah. We have to play it. That's like it's a good so door county fun. game too. It'd be a wonderful door county. Game. Oh my god! You got yeah. yeah we got and like I would love being the host uh -huh. and stuff like that. So yeah, I really really enjoyed Christmas. Obviously, I view gifts. I truly view all gifts as equal. 
it, like I rank them based on who gave them to me. Like that is the truth. Uh-huh. And I, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. It, all it matters is who it's from, the thought that was put into it. And yeah, I love gift receiving. I love gift giving. Um, but I, I assume based on the story that came with your, you got a believe bell that you got from your mom. That was the best moment of your Christmas. Yeah. Cause it was so special. That had to be like one of the best moments that's happened. But also I love the moments that happen on Christmas that make other people emotional from the stuff you gave them, which happened a couple times. Like we gave Nona a necklace that made her cry. G gave my mom a necklace that really made her cry. It's just seeing their reaction means they they connected with the gift that you, that you gave them. And it's just, it touched them so much to make them emotional. I love that. Or giving gifts to the kids and seeing what the kids got from Santa. Like those moments of them opening it, that's like the best Christmas moments that you could witness. And I, you know, it's just, I live for those moments because I love to give to people and I love to see like what they receive and their reaction for it. Because we were in that position before back in the day. Like we were always waiting for that. You know, we talked about Christmas when we used to get a whole bunch of games and we'd play Call of Duty together and we, we waited for stuff like that. So when we got to open it, that reaction we felt we're now witnessing through other kids and other people. And like, those are just some of the best Christmas moments you could experience. That's incredible, Frank. Very well explained. I feel the same way. Um, all my favorite moments have to do with um, <laughs> got some shiny hiney. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited, Tom. I'm excited. I'm going to have some shiny hiney. Um, basically, all the moments I had with Katie throughout the holiday season, like not even necessarily on Christmas. We went and looked at lights and we watched Christmas movies and we made hot chocolate. We really kind of baked cookies. We kind of did like your your traditional holiday season about as right way as I've ever done it in my whole life. Like everything that you're supposed to do around Christmas built. We won two different gingerbread house competitions. That's great. So I just thoroughly enjoyed the whole season. I had many best moments and it all had to do with stuff like that. So Frank, what's the best food you had? Before we get too far off topic, because I do want to mention something of a gift you got. You mentioned that you got um, Call of Duty and Jedi Fallen Order. I forgot to mention that, well, I already had Jedi Fallen Order, and I've never played it. But G got me Jedi Fallen Survivor. Ah! Jedi Jedi Survivor, Fallen Survivor, whatever it is. Um, So now it's so funny that you said you got that, because I told G when we're done with the podcast, I'm downloading Jedi Fallen Order so I could play it and beat it. And now you got it too, so we could talk about it. And I also got the new Call of Duty, which is cross-play. We could probably play it eventually. Yeah, yeah, we can. And I know Joey got an Xbox, and he's going to get Call of Duty. It's like the squad's coming back together. I think he's getting it today. I think you might be right. I think he said he was getting it on his way home from work. I think he texted me that yesterday. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. Jedi Fallen Order and the sequel, whatever it's called, is the only canon Star Wars video game. Yeah. Like these characters are going to pop up in Mando or a movie or something at some point, yeah. Ahsoka, whatever the case may be. And I think that is important as a Star Wars fan. I'm probably going to play the whole thing on easy and like take in the story 
the way it's meant to be taken in without it being super hard. So, sorry, Team Canada just scored a goal to make it 6 nothing. I'm not surprised. Me either. They're playing Latvia, who's a fine hockey country, but they're not one of the powers quite yet. Um, um, they're not the worst team in this tournament, though. But, yeah, um, what I was saying is, like, I'm excited. I'll text you about it, like, when I started. Hell, yeah. I want to see your reaction to it. I'll make sure to start that soon. And then eventually um, you'll have to get Survivor. Well, probably right after. Yeah. And then I'll do Spider-Man 1. Miles Morales and then yeah, Spider-Man 100%. 2. So that's kind of my goal. Started adding all my friends on uh PlayStation. Really, really cool. Very excited about it. Is it um, difficult? Huh? Like you had to create your own. Did you set it up? Yeah, it's all set up. Is it funny man still? Or? Yeah, I'm funny man still, but instead of 39, I'm 8613 because every double digit was taken. Really? But I get a free change, I think. And I think um, the thing I'm going to do here, if I get a free change, I'm going to try funny man 39 with an underscore in between funny and man. Oh yeah. That's what I think I'm going to try. If I can get it to work, um, I'm going to go something along those lines. So I'm cool. excited about it. Frank, what was your favorite food you ate over the holiday weekend? I had a lot of good food. And one thing we never get for two holidays for Thanksgiving and Christmas is I got my potato casserole again and I was elated because we never have it twice a year. You always get it the one holiday and never the second. And then it came up in conversation like potato casserole and Angie G's like, well, do you want me to make it? I'm like, ah, you don't have to. Like, I feel bad because we don't normally. Yeah, you don't have to. Please make it. Please. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You, you dropped like, an F word in your head. You're like, please fucking make it, please. And, please I, and I got it. it. And she goes, you don't have to share with anyone if you don't want. But being the kind-hearted guy I am, I shared with every, everybody. Put it on the table for everybody to enjoy. That was great. We got honey-baked ham on Christmas Eve. Potato poopies on Christmas Eve, which are literally like turds that are fried but they're potatoes but they're in the shape of like turds like poop and they're called potato poopies fried potato. mashed potatoes basically like you potato can't poopies wrong. you can't go wrong i don't know that if is... i i don't know if i could eat anything called potato oh poopies. no you would love them absolutely there there well, there's another name for it they call them potato croquets but that's not fun potato croquets i might actually eat Potato, wow. potato poopies. I might flush down the toilet. Oh God, they're so good. And then Christmas morning, G made crockpot hot chocolate. Ah, crockpot hot chocolate is outstanding. outstanding. It was outstanding. It's some of the creamiest hot chocolate I ever had. Then Paula tried a new because I woke up by G's house Christmas morning. She tried this new recipe that was outstanding. They were like baked sausage balls, and it was cream cheese. Ground breakfast sausage and like a bunch of shredded cheeses put in the oven. It was like a meatball, like a breakfast meatball with cream cheese inside. Absolutely outstanding. We had those as like our Christmas morning uh, breakfast with the um, uh, cinnamon rolls and stuff like that. And then Christmas night, I had a good dinner. I had a little bit of ravioli, garlic bread, and meatballs. So great way to end the night. So a lot of good food from both Christmas Eve and Christmas went around. Um, I definitely was not hungry. Did you get any Sicilian steak? I did, but I didn't eat it yet because it was leftover. So that's why I didn't include it in my list. Understood. I got to have some Sicilian steak night of. And it wasn't I, did, I did stop by Tony 
And so I have two things that I'm mentioning. It's that because I got to have some <laughs> Sicilian steak. Um, and then, no, I'm actually going to mention three things. The second thing is the fish. We had a fish thing on Christmas Eve. It was mm-hmm. lobster and crab legs, and they were like king crab legs. Mm-hmm. So they were freaking massive and tasty and delicious. Um, really, really good. Enjoyed that. And then Katie and I, as an appetizer, made for the second year in a row, Big Mac Bites. And they were phenomenal. You made those for Super Bowl, didn't you? I think I don't think it was Super Bowl. We might bites from you. We might have made them for the bags tournament. I think it is. I think it was. Or something along those lines. I do remember we did kind of I do think we might have did it twice, but I can't remember now. No, no. For the Super Bowl, you did Philly cheesesteak sliders and like and Kansas, Kansas City barbecue. barbecue. Yeah, because they were playing each other in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, really that's the real reason I want the Bills to make it to the Super Bowl. So you we could just have buffalo flavored everything. Um that'd be sick. That'd be sick. Let's go you Bills. A, you can do a theme for any team that's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Each city get... has something that you can relate to. Yeah. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Well, Frank, a lot of good food. A lot of good um, food. Is there anything else around the Christmas holiday that you wanna kind of talk about or share your experience with? Um, Christmas football was great. Christmas something football we don't, was outstanding. Something we don't get every year, and we probably might not get it next year because it'll be on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we get it next year. So maybe Christmas Eve because there has been games on football or Tuesday football games in the NFL. Maybe, but then it's like if you have it on Christmas Eve, but you're not going to have it on Christmas. Or that's weird. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. But did you did you see the picture of Angela with all the tattoos all over his body? No. He got like a whole bunch of uh, temporary tattoos and he put them, they, they just kept putting them all over his body. Like Brian, Danielle, they just, he was loaded. That is like, very funny. He probably it, felt like a little rock star. Like this wasn't, uh, you're not going to be able to see. I don't think. Oh, yo, you could see. Wow. That and lion it, is unreal. And that's not even half. His whole back and legs were covered. That's crazy. And he kept wanting to add more on. That's impressive. Look at, look at this wolf on the back. The the lion or what? Oh my god! It's That's like temporary crazy. tattoos didn't look like this back in the day. No, it was like a little fucking flower. I'd have a little flower with four petals on it, and, and it no would come people. off in ten seconds. I mean, look at some of these. These are like colored. That's I, awesome. we also really didn't have. Uh, Colored temporary tattoos. No, there were no colored temporary tattoos. Um, Maybe. Maybe a little, but like. Yeah, not like detailed like that. That's crazy. That's insane, actually. And one more thing. We went to go see the Wonka movie yesterday. It's like a post-Christmas. Oh, Uh, yeah? How'd that go? It's incredible. It is absolutely unbelievable. And like. What is it called? Wonka. Oh, Wonka. You liked it? It was outstanding. And the reviews going in were incredible. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's going to be. It exceeded my expectations. It's got an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, it was absolutely. Weren't they predicting it was going to stink? Yeah, and it is outstanding. It is like one of the best movies I've seen this year. 
I have this like songs from it stuck in my head. I was listening to the soundtrack in the car. It's incredible. It's a prequel. It's like before he got his chocolate factory yeah. and became Mr. Willy Wonka. It's like shows you how he did that. And it's, it is so incredible. It's like, I'd go see it again right now. That's crazy. Well, I have an AMC gift card. I, you would, if you seen the Gene Wilder original Willy Wonka, there's a lot of references to that. And it, it is just, VP, it completely shattered my expectations. Wow. I thought it was, I was like excited for it because I liked the story of Willy Wonka, but I didn't think it was going to be that great based on the trailer. Yeah. The trailer did it a disservice because people aren't going to go see it. It was, I, I can't believe it, how good it was, honestly. It's got high ratings on everything I'm looking at. It, 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 the story is just beautiful. That's it, crazy, dude. I, we like everyone who was in the theater with us. The theater was packed. Like you're just crying at the end of the movie. Like it is just, it is an unbelievable story. Wow, I'm super pumped to see it. You don't That's see crazy. like too many prequels when Willy Wonka. Like it's the only prequel, but a movie of that type, you wouldn't think like. Yeah. It's a prequel is just. That's true. He's so young. Because he's not like old Willy Wonka. Yeah, he hasn't gotten his factory. He's yet. about to retire in Willy Wonka. The he's original. just a, he's just a poor boy, you know, just trying to sell chocolate. Wow, well, I'm gonna have to see it. I maybe I'll see it by the next show. You will not be disappointed at all. I'm sure. I'm sure. That's awesome. Um, yeah. my last thing I was gonna mention is definitely not as cool as that, but I was Santa. You were Santa. Uh, you didn't see? Uh-uh. I was Santa on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Really? And I handed out gifts, put on the good old jolly red suit with a beard and long hair and hat and boots and, you know, the stash. Did you was, like it? It was my second year in a row doing it. And, yeah, I guess I would borderline say I loved it, okay. actually. He's got a new hobby. I, I like being Santa. I like being Santa when the kids clearly won't recognize me. We're going to see VP at Kohl's one day or the mall just sitting waiting for kids to sit on his lap. I don't know about that. I'm not going to Santa. I'm not going to Santa school. That's not part of the plan here. Um, Joey says, Willy Wonka wasn't on my list of things that I'd hear when I turned in. Was expecting football for sure. Um, Wrong. We only talk about football in the third period. Most 90% of episodes. Um, but, you know, what do we know? Um, Frank, I think it is time, though, that we move off of the Christmas conversation and we start talking about some hawk in period number two. Welcome to period two. Thank you to everybody listening. We had a little bit of a slow start today due to some technical difficulties, but we are here, and I'm super thrilled to be here. It was a slow-er sports week in terms of um, happenings in the sports world because of the holidays. Really, there was a couple NBA games. Obviously, football was huge this weekend. Um, The day after Christmas, though, Frank, the World Junior Championships started as they do every year the day after Christmas. It's my 
top three favorite thing in all of hockey. You know, it's one of my favorite, absolute favorite things in the world. I got a little more into it when the Devils were bad and, you know, there were higher stakes for a lot of their top prospects. This year, their best prospect playing in it is Seamus Casey of Team USA. Um, but I, I do still enjoy the heck out of it, seeing a bunch of San Jose Sharks prospects doing real well and seeing what the Blackhawks got cooking in the pipeline. Team USA, they got out to a big win yesterday over the team from Norway. Norway gave them hell in the first period, though. It was 0-0 coming out of it. And in the second period, they started to take over a little bit. Um, team Canada also beat Team Finland yesterday. And today, um, uh, Team Finland lost to Germany, which we'll talk about that in a second. But Canada, they're playing right now, and they are winning 9 nothing. It was just six so, yeah, it's nine nothing now. It's I mean, funny because what I was gonna say about Team Canada, that's just hilarious that they're up nine nothing. Yeah, well, the floor is yours. Well, first of all, United States one and oh, won pretty decisively over Norway four to one. Our guy Jimmy Snuggerud opened the scoring. Gavin Brindley, couple of goals as well. I tried to tell you guys about Gavin Brindley. Ooh, their league is I gonna like regret the league I, is gonna I, regret I letting just, him fall. <laughs> To the second round, that's a joke, and he gets to play I with Fantilli. I mean, I don't agree with you, but his first goal that he scored in the game ultimately ended up being the game-winning goal. Frank Nazar, Blackhawk prospect that many people watching uh, this show obviously is familiar about, he got a point, which was good. United States, man, they look pretty dominant, but, you know, I mean, that's kind of expected against Norway, who aren't the best of teams. The game overall looked pretty good. USA scored a couple of power play goals, so that's good. They did allow a shorthanded goal, which was due to the fact that I think they felt a little bit too comfortable, up 3 to nothing in the third period. But you got to keep your foot on the gas and clamp down at all portions of the game. It doesn't matter who you're playing or if you think the game is locked up. You just got to always keep your foot on the gas. Trey Augustine, a guy I mentioned and talked about last week, he was in the net and got the win, which is kind of what I expected going into the tournament, that he'd be their number one. I do hope Jacob Fowler gets at least one start in the the group stages. That was my prediction is that he would, because I do think this kid has a lot of talent to show off, but we're going to probably expect Trey Augustine back, back in the net against Switzerland in USA's second game, which I think is tomorrow. Um, but overall, great start by the USA so far. Now, Team Canada, they also started off their first game with a win. The Canadians defeated Team Finland by a score of 5-2. to two. It was also a dominating performance by Team Canada. It was a tight game, actually, um, for most of the game. Team Canada was only up 2-1 to one in the third period. And then none other than Matt Celebrini scored the devastating dagger to make it 3-1. to one. At that point, Team Canada never looked back, and uh, they got a couple of empty net goals to make it five to one. Uh, Matthew Poitra was he got an, one of those empty net go- goals. Boston Bruin fans will know him well. We talk about him a lot on this show. Uh, Mathis Rosu had a decent night in net for the uh, Team Canada. He allowed two goals through twenty six shots on goal, which isn't terrible. Uh, I did think Team Canada took way too many penalties and team Finland's just not a team that could capitalize and take advantage. That'll obviously have to be cleaned up because when you start to play some of the better competition in the tournaments, if they're, 
those teams are going to take advantage of that. I think they had like 12 penalty minutes. So that was a lot. Obviously, it's only the first game of the tournament. No one's going to play perfect right out of the gate. But these are the little things you want to see cleaned up uh, over the course of this group stages. Um, and then I wrote this yesterday. I was going to say, you know, their next opponents against Latvia today, which if I had to guess, I said Canada's going to blow the brakes off of them. And there we go. They're up nine to nothing. I mean, there have been some great Latvian players to come out into the NHL. But as a whole, playing as a team, they're not the best when it comes to tournaments like this. Nine to nothing, Canada. I can't believe that, VP. Yeah, I think Latvia is one of the top eight right now. I'm not sure. Uh, they're not the worst team in this tournament. I think Norway probably is. They probably won't get relegated, right? No, they're not going to get relegated. They probably will. Ne- they might never get relegated again. Like they're they're very good. They're they're a tick below Switzerland. You know, Switzerland played the U.S. tough, or or not the U.S. Um, they just played someone good today. Uh, it was Czechia, or no, not Czechia. Some oh Slovakia. It was Slovakia who we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, but my takeaway from the first day was if Team USA and Team Canada both play the way they did in the, those first games, 10-0 Canada, um, <laughs> Matthew Patra. Um, if either of them played the way they played in their first games against each other later in the tournament, they'd get their ass beat. I didn't love the way Team Canada played yesterday, and I didn't love the way Team USA played yesterday. They were each able to put it away because of their talent, yeah. but I, I would have liked to see Team USA – Beat Norway nine nothing, eight nothing, eight one. Got a lot of stuff they need to clean up. Yeah, and if they play like that against Canada, they're gonna get their ass beat. And I said the same thing. If Canada plays the way they did against Finland, against the U.S., they'll get their ass beat if the U.S. gets their shit together. Mm-hmm. Now I will say Canada's opponent, Finland, tougher than the United States' opponent, Norway. But I have a take that I don't like giving. Um, if our pal Joey Parisi's still listening, he's not going to like this take. But it's just how I feel right now. If you had to rank the top hockey countries in the world right now, I don't think Finland would be in the top five. Wow. They're not good. They haven't been good for a while. Who's the best Finnish player in the NHL? Can you think of anybody better than Sebastian Ajo? You know, just not off the top of my head. Miro Heiskanen for a defenseman. But, you know, he's like a two-way defenseman. Like, I'm talking like high-end offensive skill. They they are not where they were three, four, five years ago when they had the Koi Vus and guys like that. And Swedish, right? No, he's Swiss. Teams, I think, and I think in the World Juniors, Finland would beat Switzerland. Maybe. Maybe. So I was impressed by Switzerland today. They didn't right. score. They they lost three nothing. Sweden's good. Sweden is Sweden's probably number three in the world. Sweden could win gold. Yeah, I'm talking about Switzerland. They might be better than Finland right now at the world junior level. I would get. I would almost guarantee they'd be better if it were best on best than Finland. Mm-hmm. I would take a core of Heischer, Yossi, Niederreiter. Um, I don't know who their goalie would be, and I feel like I'm oh Timo Meyer. Yeah, the, I would take Switzerland's core, 
Siegenthaler would probably be their number one defenseman. He's a pretty good defensive defenseman. I would take their core over Finland's. Absolutely. Yes, they have the number one center. They have the number one D with Yossi. They have a pretty good number two D. Oh, is no, it's not UC Saros. UC Saros is uh, Finnish. He would be their starting goaltender for the Finns for sure. Um, but I would probably rank Switzerland like sixth right now. And I, I might rank Finland seventh. I mean, I, I Canada and the U.S. are and Sweden are one, two, and three. I would put Russia four. They're not allowed in this tournament right now because of geopolitical reasons. But best on best, I would put Russia third. And if they were in this tournament, they'd be right there mm-hmm. with Meechkov and guys like that leading the way. Um, and, uh, you know, best on best, you'd still have Malkin, um, uh, Ovechkin, Kaprizov, you know, some really, really good players. Um, then it's got to be listen this is like my other hot take slovakia is back they went on a dry they spell used to be really good when they time. had when they had chara and hosa and mm-hmm. gabrick and you know they they were one of the powerhouses well last year they had the number 2 overall pick in the draft with nemets and he was on their olympic squad and they were good i think they're one of the four best teams in the tournament right now from what i've seen the way they beat czechia yesterday who were the silver medalists last year. They're no joke really either. Um, And they just absolutely took down. They didn't take them down like heavily, but they played a good clean game against Switzerland and the Swiss. They, they had some good chances. I watched most of it. It was, it was good. And Slovakia, that, that, that's kind of like my surprise team Mm -hmm. so far in this tournament. If they got a medal, I wouldn't be surprised. I really would not be surprised. I mean, I don't know a lot about them this year, but yeah. Today, Germany beat Finland 4-3. to They were 0-25 against Finland all time before today. My God. They ended an 0-25 spell against Finland, <laughs> and they, are, they finally got their first ever win against Finland in the World wow. Junior Championships, did Germany today. Another country on the rise. Germany's like the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> against Finland. Yeah, yeah. They've pumped out good players. Moritz Sider, Leon Dreisaitl. Oh. Team Germany at the Olympics wouldn't suck. No. I don't know if they'd have enough. Be great. Yeah, I don't know There's if they'd have enough. Talent. No, but if there was one game where they were playing Finland, Czechia, or Slovakia maybe, I don't know if they'd beat the United States, Sweden, or the U.S. under any circumstances. But if one of those other teams, if they their goalie, whoever it is, played hot that one game, he had the best game of his life, mm-hmm. Dreisaitl scores a goal and Moritz Sider scores a goal and they win 2-0, uh, that wouldn't shock me. I'm not saying you they'd win a tournament doing that. But I'll tell you what, Team Germany, they got some, they got some development going on over there. And so we don't have much actual game to talk about. Most of the teams have only played once. A couple, including Canada, have played twice. One, they won both. Um, but you know, I love the World Juniors, Frank. This is good stuff. It's definitely interesting, and like I said, USA plays again tomorrow. Um, they should win easily. I hope it should be like today's Canada performance. But I mean, I'm not expecting them to win 10-0. That'd be nice. If they beat Switzerland 10-0, I'd be very happy. 
because like I see Switzerland as a pesky team. They should win though. Yes, they should win. They should smoke them. But I remember that year though, when they beat uh, the Swiss in overtime. He sure scored two goals. In one of them, he like danced around McAvoy. That one play essentially got him picked first overall. Yeah, and you know, fair. and that that's the first time I ever laid my eyes on him was in that game. I little did I know he'd be the devil's next captain. But I mean, hey, that's why we watch the world juniors. 100 percent Because like I, I watched Jack Hughes play. I watched the development program game before the world juniors and, and I watched Bedard play before the world juniors last year. I actually watched two Regina Pats games um, before the world juniors last year. The first time I ever laid my eyes on he was at the world juniors. Cause I'm not watching burn right. Switzerland, you know, hockey games ahead of the world junior. Um, it, he wasn't. And I had never watched, I didn't watch Matthews in his draft year either. Cause he went to play in Switzerland. He didn't go to college or anything like that. But we saw McDavid play for the Erie Otters and Jack Eichel play for BU. But you know what? For most people, their first time watching them play was in the World Juniors. And I saw a tweet yesterday of all the players that were in the World Juniors last year that are in the NHL right now. I think I should probably be able to find that pretty easily. You'll find this pretty interesting, I think. Connor Bedard is the leading scorer in the NHL of players who played in the World Juniors last year. He has 30 points in 33 games. Um, Adam Fantilli, 20 points in 35 games. Uh, Logan Cooley, 17 points in 33 games. Leo Carlson, 15 points in 22 games. Luke Hughes, 16 points in 32 games. And then the rest of them are kind of like a couple guys who have a couple points here and there. Kevin Korczynski, seven points in 27 games. Simone Nemitz, four points in 11 games. Uh, poor Shane Wright, zero points in three games. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's, that's the World Juniors. I mean, what's the oldest player you remember seeing in the World Juniors? I remember when Seth Jones and Nathan McKinnon were doing the Team USA versus Canada thing. Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of World Juniors. Um. McDavid, obviously. McDavid was ridiculous. McDavid. <laughs> McDavid was ridiculous. And I remember when the U.S. played Canada and Jack Eichel was facing McDavid, and McDavid had Strom, and Eichel had basically not. That was a down year for USA, if I remember correctly. Um, but do you remember that game between the U.S. and Canada that was like 8-7? It was the uh... championship. The final score was like 8-7. And I remember Jordan Greenway scored the winner. He was on the Wild. Now he's on the I don't Buffalo remember. Sabres. No, I don't remember that, honestly. Team USA stacked, though. Like, Snuggerud and Gauthier, Gauthier he's mm-hmm. a Flyers prospect. Yeah. They make up, like, the second line. You got Brindley on the third line. The top line is that big line from Boston College with Perot, who's a Ranger, um, Will Smith, who's a Shark. And the Flyers or the Capitals kid, uh, Leonard, Ryan Leonard. And on the back end, you have like Lane Hudson, who's going to be a hab later this year. Like that's a really, really good team. And again, this Canada team too, if they play team, I mean, they're up 10, nothing. Well, the game's over. What period is it? It's the third period with four minutes to go. I mean, a double digit win over a weaker team. Um, I mean, they play with their food. It kind of it kind of looks like 
I mean, most of these guys would – I think if you put almost every player on Team Canada in the NHL right now, almost all of them would get at 20 points at minimum. You think? Yeah. And then guys like Celebrini probably gets like 50, 60. I mean, Bedard's a freak. Bedard could have played in the NHL two years ago. I believe that. But I don't know. This is fun, though. I love the World Juniors. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. What are you expecting from the Blackhawks post-holiday? Oh, man. Um, Listen, the Blackhawks are going to come out of this holiday break tied with the second worst record in the NHL. Well, actually, the Sharks are below them, but they have the same amount of points. So the Hawks are not tied for the second worst record. They're tied in points for the least amount of points, but they have the second worst record in the NHL with the record of 10, 21, and 1. Um, Connor Bedard scored the Michigan before the holiday break began. That was cool. That was really cool to witness. Um, I'm starting to get irritated with Arvid Soderblom. I know this isn't the best Blackhawks team in front of him, and the defense stinks, but he isn't showing any signs of being great or even being a good goalie right now. I mean, even Peter Mrazek in the toughest of times is showing flashes of great hockey. Not as much as in recent games, but we've seen much better moments out of Peter Mrazek this year than Arvid Soderblom. And I honestly wish I could say the opposite, but Hawks are blowing multi-goal leads. They did for so for the second straight game in a row. Things aren't looking great being a Blackhawks fan right now. However, the Blackhawks are currently building one of the best futures in the NHL right now. Over the next three drafts, they're going to have 14 picks in the first two rounds. And who knows, that number very mel- very well may increase. You know, I'm very impressed at what the, I've seen from the young guys on our team. And you got to look at it like this. In, the, in less than 1,000 days, and that 1,000 days sounds like a lot, but it'll go quick. In less than 1,000 days, the Blackhawks are going to have a complete team built around Bedard, Korchinski, whoever else, maybe Oliver Moore, Frank Nazar, whoever else you get, Alex Vlasic. I mean, there's also a real possibility that Blackhawks win the number one overall pick this year to add to an even brighter future. Um, is it fun right now watching these games and losing over and over again? Of course not. However, you have to take one step at a time. And think about things on a more positive side. You could be depressed about how they're playing now and how bad the team is, and you could be sad about it. But this isn't going to change the production that you get out of this current team. They're going to be very, very good one day. I think next year they're going to stink again, but I do think the 25-26 season, we're going to start to see light at the end of the tunnel. Better days are coming, and when this team finally reaches the end of the tunnel, We're going to have a competitive Blackhawks team with a generational superstar wrecking havoc across the NHL like we're kind of seeing this year in a short sample size. The moments of playoff magic and must-see playoff goals, they will come again, but we just got to be a bit patient right now. So what I'm expecting coming out of this hockey break is I'm not expecting much of of a difference from what we've seen so far this year. I'm hoping that Bedard continues to be great and do Bedard things. I also hope the Blackhawks goaltending could find new signs of life so we have some great takeaways that we could talk about for the future of their goaltending. But overall, 
I'm just expecting to be entertained by the great young guys on this team like we have been so far. And if the season goes downhill, you just got to think there is light at the end of the tunnel. So that's what I'm expecting. You think the Hawks are going to stink next year? I don't think they're going to stink. I don't think they're going to be a draft lottery team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. My my mindset, the roadmap I have in my head is they're going to not they're not going to be great next year. They'll be better. They're not going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a playoff team the year after in 25-26, but I think the year after that is when they're really going to start contending. Interesting. I I think they're going to be like if they sign if they sign Nylander and all of a sudden Korchinski and Vlasic start playing like real dudes and Soderblom maybe doesn't stink because the team in front of him isn't a complete dog pile. And I do think like, yeah, Mrazic's played okay and Soderblom hasn't and they're both playing behind the same team. I do think there's something to being like in your first full year and playing behind a shit team like that where Mrazic has been around the league. You know what I mean? Like he's basically yeah. seen it all. I'm not sure it's great for Soderblom's development to be on this team right now. I, you know, I would have loved to see them sign some ass to back up Mrazic and let Soderblom dominate with the Rockford Icehogs. I still think that's something that's possible along the line. You know, I, I wouldn't completely give up on Soderblom, but um, a lot of chatter about Lucas Reichel going on the internet right now um, about how, like, does he stink? Well, he hasn't, he's shown flashes. But he hasn't been like a top six forward, like a traditional productive top six forward. Like you were kind of expecting when the Blackhawks first drafted him in the first round. Well, you know what it reminds me of? You know Michael McLeod? Mm -hmm. The Devils took him 12th overall. He was supposed to be like, when they drafted Heischer the next year, there was supposed to be one-two punch down the middle. He sure McLeod like that. That was their guy. And it took him 50 games to score his first goal. Like he's not, he's not a high end offensive player in the NHL. He had 150 points in junior. Like there's a reason he went in the first round. He was incredible when he was in junior dominated with team Canada at the world junior. I remember watching him play for team Canada, but guess what? He's the devil's best penalty killer. He has the best faceoff percentage in the NHL. And he plays very good defense. He scores seven goals a season. You know, he the superstar thing never really came to be, but he is a solid NHL player that you have to have on your team. And yes, now the Devils have Hughes, Heischer, Halla, McLeod. You sign a third line center. If Korchinski's your fourth line center five years, or not Korchinski, if Reichel's your fourth line center five years from now, and he has seven goals, ten goals a season, but he comes up big in the playoffs. McLeod was Devils' third or fourth best forward in the playoffs last year against the Rangers. He scored the big goal that put them ahead in Game Seven against the Rangers. Like guys like that. Remember Victor Stahlberg? Mm-hmm. Same freaking thing. McLeod and Stahlberg are like the same thing. I'm not ruling out Reichel becoming like a top six, you know, a Jesper Bratt type player, but. If it turns out where he's a bottom six, good defensive player, you're going to get some goals every now and again. You know, 10 goals is a lot for a fourth liner. And um, 
I think you, you ought to be happy with that, especially if you're running Bedard out there with Oliver Moore and other high-end players that they have or are going to have. Um, I don't know. That's my take on the whole thing. I, I think the Hawks will be better next year. Um, I'm not at all saying, like, why even give a guy player of the game, though, if you lost 11 nothing? I mean, that's just like, what did he do? And it wasn't <laughs> like, what did that guy do? Did he get a shot on goal? He was the only guy on the team with multiple shots on goal. Give it to him. So why is he He's on Latvia? Yeah, but it was at one from each team, though. And they're giving it to Macklin Celebrini for the Team Canada. He's probably got five assists. I mean, what a funny photo this is. Um, but, yeah, Macklin Celebrini. I, the Habs aren't bad enough to get him, I don't think. <laughs> I wanted I a couple weeks ago I said I want the Habs to get Celebrini. I wanted the Hawks to get Bedard. I kind of wanted the Habs to get Celebrini so he could play with Lane Hudson in the NHL. And they're just too good, I think. So I revert back to just hoping he's on the Hawks. Could you imagine? I can't imagine. That'd be unbelievable. But I I can imagine because the Devils got Hughes and Heischer two out of three years, and that like changed the organization forever. And like so, and we've seen it with Edmonton. You know, the Penguins took Sid first overall, and then got Geno second overall the year before that. Like you know, you could get if you're bad for long enough, you can get like not generational talent. Like I don't know, everybody has a different generational talent description. But like high end Hall of Fame players at the top of the draft, and then you watch them play in the World Junior, and that's exactly what the Hawks have done. Yeah. Um, I I'm interested how the goalie situation works out long term, um, and then build around Bedard. I would keep Nick Felino. I would keep Nick Felino this season. Uh, you know me. I'm all about get the assets out of here when the Devils were bad. Zajac, trade him. He's a lifelong devil. He's been here for 18 years. Trade him. Oh, Andy Green, the Islanders want Andy Green for a second overall pick? Trade him. We'll make Nico captain. Um, There were a couple. Of, when they traded Paul Mary, I was devastated. <laughs> <laughs> I found out when I was at the gym. I'm like, they really got rid of Paul Mary, huh? And Blake Coleman turned into – or the Taylor Hall trade turned in. God, I've seen the Devils trade away. Fucking – a pretty good core, but they were never clicking at the same time. That's why yeah. they were bad. They all had their career years in different years. Um, but when they got Dawson Mercer out of it, Kevin Ball, they were bad enough to get some other players. Um, and they Taylor Hall isn't on the team getting 50 points or being hurt, making $10 million, which was the real danger after the MVP year. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, let's talk about them for a minute. What do you okay. got on them post-holiday? The New Jersey Devils? Is that what you're asking? The New yeah. Jersey yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, right now they're three points out of a playoff spot. Three games in hand over Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they, they started out slow. And they kind of cleaned up some area of the games. They I think they've been taking some less penalties recently. And, you know, that that's kind of gone down a little bit. I mean, I had the Hurricanes and the Devils at one and two in the division, and they both currently sit out of a playoff spot right now. But obviously there's still time to turn things around for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Devils are getting healthier. And this healthy Devils team really got hot 
coming into the holiday break. They look good. They're like six, three, and one or something like that coming into the break. That's that's great. Um, and hopefully the break didn't kill that momentum that they had. But I expect them to turn things around a little bit. I expect that also, obviously, for the Hurricanes. I think they now winning the division, obviously, for the Devils, that's going to be a little tough. You're you're behind the Rangers by quite a lot. And they're not uh, going to win the Metropolitan Division. No. I mean, could they? Yeah, they could. A mental breakdown from the teams ahead of them. I mean, I think they could pass the Flyers up. I really do. They're better than the Flyers, in my opinion. I don't care how well the Flyers are playing this year. Um, I do think the Devils are better. And then who's in second right now? Oh, uh, the, the Flyers. No, I thought the Flyers were in third. Oh, then it's probably – is it Washington? It could but be the Capitals. I think the cap- right. The Capitals have been – here, I'll look. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils have a strong second half and finish second. In the division, yeah, Which, I I would agree. Oh, it's the Islanders, Frank. The Islanders, yeah, they could catch the Islanders too, though. They're not. I don't think they're going to catch the Rangers. I think the Rangers are going to be too consistent. So I think the division's out of their hands. But obviously, top two, two or three, very possible. I from what I've seen going into the break, very possible. I agree because the only teams ahead of them in the standings right now that I can see it getting even better as the season goes along are the Rangers and the Hurricanes. I don't see the Islanders, Flyers, and Capitals sustaining what they've done through Christmas. I just don't. And all the the Capitals metrics, they have one of the worst goals expected in the NHL, and they have one of the worst goals against expected in the NHL, and they're they're where they are in the division. Mm -hmm. They, They have the second worst goal differential in the Metropolitan Division. Ovechkin is not having an Ovechkin season. Their power play is dead last in the NHL. And they're freaking 17-9-5. I just, it's really probably the most confusing team in the NHL. Um, so we'll see if the Devils are able to pass them. They got Columbus tonight, so it's a good good game to come back for. But they lost to Columbus 2-1 to one earlier in the year, but Hughes and Heischer were not playing in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, one key going into the holiday break, Something clicked. Timo Meyer became Timo Meyer again. Driving the net, hard on the puck below the goal line, and using his shot. He's got three goals in the last two games before the break. Um, he's all of a sudden back on pace to being like a 30-goal guy again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Timo Meyer that they traded for, when he's healthy, is still there. I was getting a little worried, though. You go nine games without a goal post-injury, you're like, uh-oh. They just gave him eight schmill for eight years. Is that going to end up looking like a Jamie Ben or a Tyler Sagan type contract? I hope not. But the last three games, he's really he's looked like Timo Meyer, That's where good. he's driving the net, using the shot, big body, hard to move. The whole team's look different. Yes, um, and you know what? He's playing on the third line. The Devils have an Olympian on every line. I mean, you got Meyer on the third line with Mercer and Halla. And they moved up Alexander Holtz to the first line in practice today, so he will be playing with Nico or with Jack Hughes on the first line. Uh, Nico and Jack kind of switch spots. Nico's usually the first line center on paper. They both get about twenty-one minutes of ice time. It's pretty evenly spread out between the first and second line. Um, but we'll see. I'm excited. Um, Santa didn't bring me a goalie for Christmas, though. I'm sorry. I was really hoping for one. 
I'm sorry, VP. Um, VTech looked good against Detroit, though. Last game before the break, Saturday. Um, the rebound control, though. He, he he doesn't catch the puck. He needs to get his shit together. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to, Frank. I really don't. I'm not, like, down on him. I, I wish they kept Blackwood. I know you disagreed with me on that, but, like, I, I've seen Blackwood be uh, a A-tier goalie. And then he got started to get hurt and get really hurt and just be always hurt. And then when he came back, he'd come back too early. The COVID thing happened. He made a dumbass comment about not wanting to get vaccinated. He ended up getting vaccinated anyway because he was too much of a dork to stay close, stay true to his personal, which, thank God, because the devils needed him. And he was just being an a-hole. But, you know, it was basically ever since that moment that he started to suck, too. Because I remember during that short season, he was nails. And Elliot Friedman tweeted the six guys that had a chance to be Team Canada's goalie. And he was one of them. Now he's playing okay for the Sharks, and they're the worst team in NHL history, maybe. <laughs> so, go freaking figure. Health is key a lot of the time. 100%. Um, And his ankle was just messed up. I don't know what he did this year where he's starting to look like himself again, but they're not getting him back. So um, I don't know if it's going to be Gibson or if it's going to be Jake Allen or one of these good goalies on a bad team. But I don't I don't think on March 1st, um, Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmidt are going to be my goalie tandem. I just That's not what I think is going to be the case. Devils have always struggled with their goalie tandem, right? Like just... Yeah, oh yeah, Frank. Their goaltending's just always been terrible. Recently. Recently. They went from Hall of Famer to or greatest goalie ever to Corey Schneider, who like if he stayed healthy himself, Recently. he probably would have went to the Hall of Fame. Within like the past three years. No, yeah. Over the last three basically since do you remember Schneider's last full season with the Devils? Like Keith Kincaid played well. Um it's basically been a roller coaster since then. And then Blackwood came in and looked good for two years. And it's like, oh, did we just go from Broder to Schneider to Blackwood? You know, thinking like the Packers going from Favre to Rodgers to Love. But hopefully Love don't turn out the way Blackwood did. <laughs> for their sake. I'd, I'd find it funny as a Bears fan. But from a human being point of view, it's kind of cruel. Um, but yeah, I, I you know, Jack Hughes is on pace to have 110 points. Um, he sure is all the way back scoring. He looks healthy. Same thing with Timo. Um, I like the depth. The defense is okay. Seamus, or not Seamus Casey. We'll be talking about him next season more. Um, Simone Nemitz and Luke Hughes, they look like 19-year-olds every now and again. But then they look like superstars in the making in other moments. Mm -hmm. There was a game where Nemitz, he couldn't stop shooting the puck, and every play he defended, he ended up with the puck. And then he got worked a little bit against Detroit a couple times. I remember Patrick Kane made him look a fool on one play. Um, but then, you know, the Devils ended up winning anyway. So all is well that ends well. Oh, and did Jack make a mistake when they were playing the Flyers? Did you see that goal? The overtime winner for the Flyers when they played the Devils last week? Um, I think it was last Tuesday or last. Yeah, I think it was last Tuesday. No, I don't think I saw it. The Devils were playing the Flyers, and it was tied. They're in overtime, and the Devils were just buzzing. The, I like their chances when they go to overtime. Even I was watching them play the Bruins with Joey, and he's like, oh, I don't love that this game's going to overtime. That's when he finally knew he was in trouble because they're just good in overtime. They yeah. have fast, skilled young players. It's like Edmonton. 
And freaking Jack Hughes throws a freaking lollipop to Luke Hughes, and it's intercepted by freaking Owen Tippett, and he snipes. Like, <laughs> like, uh, and like, how do you get mad at like the Golden Boy in your franchise? Like, he's the best thing since Bro Dirt to ever happen to the Devils, and they, I, I, like, he just made a dumbass play. Like, if I were right there, I would Jack you, fucking idiot, <laughs> like dumb. But again, 110 points is what he's on pace for. Um, it's all well, though. It's fine. They don't stink. No. They actually far from stink. They're but starting to become a lot better. If I had to ask you, though, what year do you think the Devils had more points in the month of December? Last year or this year? Is it this year? It's this year. Third December, they went five, six, and two in December last year. Frank, I was at two of the losses, and then they 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 went on a little bit of a slump after that when I left, and then they picked it way back up. And they January, February, and March they were they had like a seven hundred winning percentage in January, February, and March, um, and they were really good in October and November. They were seventeen four and zero on Thanksgiving last year. Like what? Yeah, it was crazy. But they're not going to break their all-time franchise point record again. But get in the playoffs, get in the dance. We saw what the Florida Panthers did. They they definitely have like the same January, February, or March last year. This year, it wouldn't shock me if they get get a damn save, or at least control the rebounds better. Because you're you're a goalie giving up a lot of rebounds and for one third of the game and or no for two thirds of the game a 19 year old is on the ice as a defenseman either Nemitz or Hughes yeah and when Hughes is in the offensive zone I trust him with my life he always makes a good first pass um he knows to find the good spaces to be as an offensive defenseman in the defensive zone though I'm excited for him to look a little more like Quinn in that aspect in a, mm-hmm. a year or two but I don't know. I'm excited for tonight, though. Big game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Hopefully yeah. they beat them 7 nothing like they did last year. Um, Frank, in a couple days is the Winter Classic. Uh-huh. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You've yeah. heard of the original six? How about yeah. the original 32 when the Seattle Kraken take on the Vegas Golden Knights in a matchup of the league's two newest expansion teams, two teams that weren't even close to existing, when we first started watching hockey, you excited for this one? It's going to be a very special one for me. You have the two most recent expansion teams playing at T-Mobile Park where the Seattle Mariners play. The NHL revealed an image of what the stadium would look like. They Isn't that a cool everything. picture? It was very cool. I really like the way it looked. Um, it kind of sucks that Seattle has been so disappointing this year. Like, I still think it's going to be a great game. But could you imagine if this game was taking place last year? Yep. The year where Vegas won the cup and the year Seattle was just on a tear. Like this game would have been incredible. But here's the thing. I do think it's going to still be a great game. The Seattle crowd and the team is going to be carrying so many emotions coming through this game and just throughout the stadium as a whole. And I know that T-Mobile Park could get very loud from Seattle fans. If it's anything like the Mariners playoff game that we heard and saw a couple of years ago against the Houston Astros when they lost at home one to nothing, that game that was so loud. If we're surely in for a treat. Hell yeah. I agree. 
any part of you lean in Seattle in this game? Kinda. I, I think if they're dogs by like a substantial amount and we're all together watching this, I I think you like it's worth it to lay down a little tenor on the Kraken in this one. I just yeah. Vegas is outstanding. They're otherworldly compared to the Kraken, right? I really like what's their biggest weakness in their lineup? They have two amazing centers with Jack Eichel and Stevenson. And then their wings are off the hook. Wild Bill's their third line center. I mean, if your third line center is William Carlson, you probably have a Stanley Cup contending team, right? Well, lo and behold, they won the Stanley Cup last year. Their defense is through the roof, led by Petrangelo. And, you know, their goaltending situation is good enough. So. I don't know what the game is going to look like, though. I'd love to see Ben Years, though, go on an absolute tear and, you know, give this team a chance to win. Um, hopefully that's the case, though. I just want the Winter Classic to be close. I, I want agree. the Winter Classic to be close. I think it will be. I think it's going to be a good game. And I'm leaning Seattle just because the atmosphere that you get from T-Mobile Park and Seattle fans. They're crazy. They're, They're crazy, crazy in the NHL playoffs. They're starving for, like, sustained success, too. They've won the Super Bowl. I still think the 2013 Seahawks is a top three football team I've ever seen. I wasn't around for the 85 Bears, and I was six years old at the 2000 Ravens. And, you know, Seattle doesn't get a lot of credit for any sport. They're often overlooked. The Mariners have been overlooked for how many years? Well... Just because how much they've stunk. Yeah, they, they they were a joke franchise for a long time. They're pulling I mean, themselves they've, out of it now. They've had some great players, obviously, come in and out. Ken Griffey Jr. And, yeah, um, 100%. Who's the other guy? Ichiro? Uh, Ichiro Suzuki. Um, right. And there's uh, uh, Edgar Martinez. He's probably the greatest, de- second greatest yeah. designated hitter to ever live behind David Ortiz. But you don't, like, copy. when you think of Seattle, it's kind of like, they're not respected as much. Besides the Seahawks, I mean, you, the Seattle Supersonics moved out of the NBA. Yep. So it's like they got rid of that, and then, like I said, the Mariners were kind of on the decline because they they were the joke franchise. They didn't make the playoffs in two decades, and then um, hockey just came around. The Seattle Kraken. I'm missing a sport. Oh no, the Seahawks have been good, but besides the Seahawks, it's like the Kraken are fresh. They don't get a lot of respect in Seattle. I bet if I look up the top 10 records in the NFL since 2010, the Seahawks are probably top five. Oh, 100%. I would guess it goes New England, Pittsburgh. Yeah, he's De- never had a losing season, so. Kansas City, not, not in, no, in no order. No, maybe not even. No, Kansas City would probably be in the top five. They were outstanding with Alex Smith, even before the Mahomes-Andy Reid era. But the Seahawks are probably in the top five. And Green Bay, Green Bay. The Legion of Boom, the 12th man. Oh, yeah. Sensation. I mean, those, those eras, like, they had incredible records. Yes. Every year. Yeah. I think Russell Wilson... Last year was his first losing season in a year he played the whole year. Could be. So, you heard what happened to him today? Russell? They're shutting him down for the season so that he doesn't get hurt before uh, some kind of contract thing kicking in. Well, their playoff hopes are done. So Yeah, they're done so now. They were a better team this year than I thought they'd be, though. Me too. Um, Peyton, though. 
credit to Sean Payton. Hell yeah, he deserves it. They were one and four, one and five. Yeah. Um, Frank, what is your favorite hockey story of the week? Could be a little chalk, but I don't really care because it's something we've never seen before. But that's Bedard and Zegras scoring the Michigan, not in the same week, but in the same night. That was like that's unheard of almost. Because the only way it could get better if they both did it in the same game. Like, oh, okay, anything you could do, I could do better. So, like, Bedard does it and then Zegris does it or something like that. But, it, obviously, it's the first time in NHL history that the Michigan happened twice on the same night simply because not everyone can attempt this. And if they can attempt it, scoring it's a completely different ballgame. Like, that was just unreal. So, that's my favorite story, hockey story of the week. We touched on mine. Um I had to mention it a second time, though. I wanted it to be mentioned a second time. I'm so happy for those kids from Germany. That's my favorite hockey story, maybe of the year. They came in knowing the history. They were 0-25 against Finland all time. And they go in there and they get a gutsy win. Finland ended up outshooting them 43-28. to They really pushed at the end. The German netminder was just off the hook by the end of the game. And... They got it done, and they celebrated. They celebrated like when you see a team win the Stanley Cup. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so I'm I'm just super thrilled for those kids. Um, that is absolutely my favorite hockey story of the week. Yeah, that is crazy. 0-25. It's like, unheard of. Like, how do you go on that long of a losing streak? How do you not get lucky once? Get the game to overtime, and then one go off your butt. Well, that's what I'm saying. Two about the freaking Detroit Pistons. They've lost 27 in a row. It's it's tied for the longest streak ever in NBA history. I'm going to compliment basketball here, though, real quick. Do you think there's less luck involved in basketball than any other sport? Less luck? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, the NBA has a lot of things that I don't love about it, like load management and a hangnail keeping a guy out for 10 weeks where, like, Patrice Bergeron played in the cup with a collapsed lung and a broken rib. Like, those things annoy it. But I think it is the least luck-based sport. In, in hockey, you can have one go off your arse and go into the net. I've seen the most bullshit of bullshit go in the devil's net. I have seen shit that has no business going in the net, go in the net. In basketball, you have to you have to be good at putting the ball through the hoop. Like that's, you know, in hockey, you have to be good at shooting the puck. But like, again, one could go off your defenseman stick in front of the net and it could beat the, and there's nothing, anybody. Henrik Lundqvist in his prime isn't making that save. In basketball, if you've lost 27 in a row, I think you are just genuinely shit. They're so bad. You, you, you can unluckily lose five hockey games in a row. You played well for 60 minutes in the five games, and then one went off your player's butt in one game. One was a triple deflection in overtime in another game, like the Andrew Shaw goal that he scored in the cup final when it was a double deflection and it went off his face. That was the luckiest goal he ever scored. But he got credit for it, and the Hawks ended up winning the Stanley Cup, the greatest trophy in all of sports. There, there is a little bit of luck involved with hockey, baseball, uh, even football. I think there's a little bit of luck involved, a lot more than basketball. Every now and again, I'm sure a guy throws one up with his eyes closed and prays it goes in the hoop, and it does. I'm sure that does happen. But to lose 27 in a row, that, that ain't bad luck, bro. 
That's that bad. bad <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's not bad luck. That is the definition of poo. That is poo. I'm not like, even going to say it. Sh- like, that's straight up dookie. Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. 100%. It's 100%. Just, I don't know when it's going to end. They'll get a win. The thing about winning streaks is everyone's trying to end your winning streak. And the thing about losing streaks is you're not losing on purpose. You are giving every effort to win every single game. I wouldn't want to be playing them. I know who their last win was against, too. Who was it? Their last win was against your Chicago Bulls. I'm pretty sure it was the third game of the season. No. Yeah, they were 2-1 after this win. You're lying. I'm not lying. I'm 90% sure the Pistons' last I win was against Das Bulls. It I was like it. October 20th or whatever. Like, thinking about all the things that have happened since the last time the Pistons have won a game, like, absolute madness. They're probably going to lose tomorrow. Who are they playing? They're in Boston. Well, whenever they play the Bulls, I would throw a Frank on the Pistons. They Their last win... Came against. I'm pretty sure you're right, though. They were two and one. It was the Bulls. It was the Bulls, and the Bulls lost to the Spurs too, didn't they? No, the Bulls. Beat the Spurs. They ended up beating them. Yeah, it was close. That's right. That was the night of my birthday. They, yeah, they were. Uh, they beat. The, I thought they were gonna. I thought the Spurs was gonna beat them. In all honesty. Yeah. Did you but, see? Oh, really quick. Did you see? I wanted to mention this on the favorite hockey story thing, too. Um, Jeremy Swayman and Luauco on the Bruins uh-huh. got stuck in an elevator. Oh, God. They were visiting someone. I forget who they were visiting. I saw this story on Twitter, and now it's on NHL Network. Um, that's funny, though. They got stuck in it. Uh, that's scary to think that's about. That's like a fear Stuck in an elevator. It's a yeah. Baby. Well, the Pistons, they stink. Um, that was talking basketball, Frank. I think it's time to discuss a little bit of football. Period number three. Welcome to period three, where Frankie and I will talk about football. I like yelling football. I don't. Shout out to the Pat McAfee show. <laughs> That is funny. Biz was a guest today on oh. the Pat McAfee show. So your boy's going to have to go back and watch that because I have watched zero seconds of that show basically since we really started getting into the nitty gritty of Christmas. So I need to the double the double Michigan is going on NHL Network right now. Is it? Yeah. Well, of course. Showing Bedards and then it's, showing. It was unreal. The happened. Travers. Who's more handsome, Connor Bedard or Trevor Zegers? They're both pretty handsome. Uh, probably they're, Zegers. They're both like 22. But Zegers. Zegers. Bedard still looks like a kid, though. Like Zegers, he's starting to look a little more manly. I don't know. Kevin Weeks and Mike Rupp, though, are on my screen, and they have some nice-looking suits. Two he former Devils. Well, Mike Rupp is one of three human beings in the history of the world to be credited with a New Jersey Devils Stanley Cup 
game winning goal. Wow. Yep. It was the first goal of a game in a one nothing win or something. Like it wasn't like your like this crazy overtime win, you know what I mean? But Yeah, right, right. Like right. like I think Bergeron is credited with the Bruins Stanley Cup winning goal, but he scored it in the first period and they won four nothing. Mm-hmm. Um it's one, it's one of those. But Mike Rupp, hell yeah. Hell yeah. He saw he kind of made things worse at the end of his career when he had that little stint with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. But screw him for that. But I think Kevin Weeks had a year with the Rangers too, actually. But I don't know. he's a backup goalie. Marty was the starter. Everybody knows that. Frank, time for us right now right to now? go through the top 10 teams in the National Football League. I'll let so, you begin. You want me to do my 10? Do your 10. My list, it's a very unique list this week. It's uh, It might be my favorite power rankings I've ever done this year. But number 10, I'm starting off with a team that's never touched my top 10 list this year. And that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Before the NFL season begun, I would have never thought in a million years that the Bucs would be making any of my top 10 power rankings list. However, the Bucs have played very well as of late. I'm very surprised with how well Baker has played all season. He has some pretty impressive wins under his belt this year. I know the Jaguars, you know, aren't playing the best of best right now, but a 30-12 to win nonetheless against them was still very impressive. With one more win, they claim the AFC South title for the third straight year, and one of their last two games is against the Panthers. So... I mean, you could basically book them as your AFC South champions. I like that, Frank. I like that a lot. I would put them 11. I'm going to leave them off. I, I went back and forth. I went back and forth. I really, really did. I was going back and forth between them and the team I'm going to put, the Los Angeles Rams. That's the Rams. Huh? huh? Those you were my tour. I didn't know who to put the Rams or the Bucks. Yeah. Like if they were top eleven, we that we did, um, but if they were top eleven, then I would argue one with somebody else. Like so, you, you, <laughs> yeah. there's never a good formula. But I'm putting the Los Angeles Rams. Um, they have a Super Bowl winning coach, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, a Super Bowl winning defense, and what seems like the healthiest they've been since winning the Super Bowl um, two years ago. Um, I love Matthew Stafford. I think he's a dog. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Um, they still have Aaron Donald supported by a bunch of really good players on defense. Um, I, I Sean McVay, if I could pick any coach in the NFL to coach the Bears right now, based on what the Bears need for their current roster, I probably would choose Sean McVay. I would either choose I would either choose him or Kyle Shanahan. And I have a feeling the team that Kyle Shanahan clo- chose is near the top of your list. Um, but I, I just, I really like what the Rams are doing. They, their most recent loss, they've, they've only lost one game out of what, five weeks or something like that. Um, and it was to the team that's probably going to be number one on both of our lists, maybe. Um, and they lost to them by what, two? Mm-hmm. So no, 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 six. Six, regardless. It was, it was a punt return touchdown in overtime. Right, but they played them well. Mm-hmm. They played them very well. 
And now they kind of had a tough start. So seeing where they are now, they are currently eight and seven. I hope they win their last two games, become ten and seven, play those Lions in the first round. I will laugh so hard if Matthew Stafford goes into Detroit and beats them. I will just laugh. So it will be one of my favorite sports moments of the year. I really, and it'll be like a month into the year. Not even. Foster agrees. Uh, Foster agrees. I do think they could go deep. That's the thing. If they get in with the coach and the quarterback that they it's have. It's like one of those things. Like you get in, you never know what could happen. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a little less in football compared to some other sports. Um, You know, last year, I think the top four seeds in the league were the top four teams in championship Sunday. That happens a lot. And the two number one seeds play each other in the Super Bowl quite a bit. But I think – I think the Rams can be one of those teams because if you're unhealthy and you're supposed to be one of those teams and then you get hot at the end, those are the dangerous teams. And that's what the Rams are. I have them at number 10 at number nine. I I can't believe this team is this low on my list, but I have them where I have them. I got the Kansas city chiefs, the Kansas city chiefs over the last month have looked like hot dog shit. <laughs> um, Kelsey looks hurt. These receivers can't catch a damn ball to save their life. Um, their defense is pretty good. It's the fastest, most talented defense they've had in the Mahomes era. Mahomes has just been a little whiny bitch lately. After every play, he reminds me of when Crosby first started. I loved Crosby since the beginning, but I understand why people disliked him at first, and they made fun of him and called him a crybaby and all that. I got to tell you, Mahomes is acting like that this year. And after every play, he's yelling at somebody. It's the Matt Nagy effect. There was that gift that came out on Twitter of him screaming at Matt Nagy to call the F and play. It's just, it's not, it's not the Chiefs of yesteryear. Do I think they can make a run to the AFC title game because of who they have as their quarterback? I absolutely do. Um, but you're seeing now what the Bears would look like if they drafted Patrick Mahomes. Nine and six, they'd be a pretty good team. He's amazing, but they wouldn't be taking advantage of his full capabilities um, because Matt Nagy. Yeah, that I got the Chiefs at nine. I'm sorry that they're this low. Um, do I think they again? They could be. I wouldn't want to play them in the first round uh, by any means, but they're they just suck right now. I'll just say how it is for the last. They're lucky to even be on the damn list because I'd rather play them right now than the Rams or the Buccaneers in a playoff game. I would rather play either of those Chiefs over either of those two teams right now, but I'll leave them at nine out of respect for number 15. Foster says his nine is the Cowboys. Very interesting. My number nine is not either of your two. My number nine is the Cleveland Browns. The Browns have jumped in and out of my power rankings all season. This time around, they're back in. When you have a top defense in the NFL like they do, it keeps you in games no matter how bad you play. Joe Flacco, he's also made a case for comeback player of the year, which he also ultimately is not going to win. But his odds are increasing drastically because of how well he's been lately. He's 3-1 and one since joining the team. He's helping keeping the Browns in first place in their division, even despite all the injuries they've had to go through all year. I think making a deep postseason run is going to be extremely tough just because, like, 
you know, you never the, the teams are drastically different and you're going to play teams with just as good as a defense as you, most likely. But like I said, that elite defense will keep you in any game and you, maybe they squeak out a playoff win. You never know. So I got the Cleveland Browns at number nine. My number eight is the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the lowest that the Chiefs have been on any of my lists all season. I wouldn't really have thought that I would see the Chiefs this low and on the brink of being outside of my top 10. The Chiefs have looked beyond disgusting this year. They're three and five in their last eight games. Mahomes can't find a receiver open. He's constantly scrambling with the ball. They struggled a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago against the Patriots, but they ultimately pulled that game out. But you can't show. Mahomes would have never been caught dead struggling against this Patriots team back in the day. Then they couldn't beat the Raiders at Arrowhead this year where Mahomes is 8-0 in his career against rookie QBs. So that streak came to an end. That game was disgusting. This team has no momentum. They're flat. And if you're a Chiefs fan, be grateful that you won the Super Bowl last year because this isn't your year. Got the Chiefs at 8. I agree with everything you said, Frank. They're, they're like a shell of last year's team. Now, do I think Mahomes gets another Super Bowl or two or four in his career? Yes, I do. The Patriots, they're, they had two separate dynasties. They won three early in Tom's career, then went 10 without winning one, and then won another three in short order. And, you know, early on it was a lot of, hey, we're going to have a really good defense with, like, Will Fork and all those guys, Teddy yep. Bruschi. Later on, it became about Brady to Gronk and Brady to Edelman and Brady to Amendola, and we're going to run the hell out of the ball with LeGarrette Blunt and guys like that. And Bill Belichick's the greatest coach who ever lived with when he has Tom Brady as his quarterback. You know, it's one of those types of things where, like, you're just not going to win the Super Bowl every year. The Chiefs kind of suck right now. Another team that kind of sucks right now is the team that I have at number eight, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles... They're like the AFC, they're like the NFC Chiefs. And I'm not just saying that because they were in the Super Bowl last year. They had 10 wins, and all of a sudden, they just start to like crumble. And we kind of saw this coming because a lot of their wins this year have been like kind of lucky, rinky dink game winning field goals. They weren't, they're not as dominant as they were last year. Like last year, I remember watching the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts would pound it down your throat. And, you know, he's hitting AJ Brown perfect throws. None of his receivers are dropping anything. The defense was tough and mean. And Sirianni was, you know, that, that coach that everybody like feared and whatnot. It just hasn't been the case this year. They've looked soft. Um, they convert the tush. If every play was on the a one yard to gain type of deal, they'd be undefeated in the best team in the NFL. The tush push is flawless. They have the best center who ever lived in Jason Kelsey. You have two running backs who are willing to kind of get in that dirty area and push Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is qualified to do the tush push because he's big and strong and tough. You know, a little a little soft guy wouldn't be very – like Justin Fields, he'd get hurt the first time the Bears attempted the tush push. <laughs> but Jalen Hurts, he's big, strong, mean. I still think they're a top-10 team based on their credentials, and they're a double-digit win team right now, and we still got two weeks to go. Um, I, I'm, I'd be excited if I were an Eagles fan about the playoffs, but right now, after losing three in a row – and kind of losing three in a row in like dumb fashion, I think the I have to have them as low as number eight. Um, at number seven, I am going to put the Buffalo Bills. 
the Buffalo Bills were like 17 on my list at one point. They were well out of my top 10 for a while there. They were ugly, just dumb losses that were self-inflicted, and I didn't think they'd ever have a chance against any of these teams once the postseason came around. That is not the case right now. They are not Josh Allen-centric as much as they were last year, which they had a better record last year, but they entered the playoffs very ill-prepared. You can't just be quarterback. You need to have the best quarterback to win a Super Bowl. The final four this year, they're all going to have their healthy, their top quarterbacks at full health, or at least at mostly health. Um, the Bills are one of the teams capable of doing that. I have them at number seven for that. Re- or, yeah, number seven because of that fact. Um, they run the ball well. They got good receivers, and their defense is good. Um, I'm not sure about the head coach. I hate defensive-minded head coaches, but that's what the Bills have. They've been hot lately, though, and I'd rather be hot now and cold earlier in the season than what the Eagles are dealing with. right? And that was kind of my tiebreaker. They have the worst record of every team in my top 10 do the Bills, but they're the hottest of almost any team in my top 10. I had to put them ahead of the Eagles and Chiefs for that reason. For sure. You're very fair. My number seven, it's the Dallas Cowboys. This team is so fraudulent, it's not even funny. They believe a relatively small lead, obviously, with three minutes to go in the game. But they allowed the Dolphins to march down the field and kick a game-winning chip-shot field goal, not just a 50-yard field goal with time left, a chip shot. It was like 28 yards with no time left. The way things are going right now, Cowboys are going to have to play a road playoff game. And at some point, if this is the case, they're not. They, you can't trust them. You rallied back in a game and had a lead late in the game. This was your chance to get that big road win so you could shut everybody up like me about can't winning on the road. But they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't hold on. I feel like if there is no postseason success for the Dallas Cowboys this year, there were going to have to be big changes to come in this offseason. They've officially gone from third to seventh on my list. This Cowboys team, I, I just don't understand. Something's got to change. Something big's got to change. Something bigger than just trading Ezekiel Elliott and making Tony Pollard your number one. Big changes this offseason if things don't turn around quickly in the next few weeks. My number six, I got the Detroit Lions. Despite their 11-4 and record, not all in on the Lions. I think they're going to struggle this postseason. You know, with their latest win over the Vikings, they secured their first ever NFC North title. So congratulations to the Detroit Vikings. First ever NFC North title. This will also be the first time in 30 years that they get to host a home playoff game. And they haven't won a playoff game in 32 years. So talk about a team with no experience in a a position like this. But the Lions have been cooking. Their defense is what worries me a lot and is why I don't have them higher than six. You gave up 400 yards to backup quarterback Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins? You gave up 400 yards to? You're going to be playing many better quarterbacks in the playoffs than Nick Mullins. This is something that needs to be cleaned up quick. But for now, for winning the division, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and I'll have them at six. Very interesting there, Frank. At number six, I am going to put the Detroit Lions. I think they're they're fine. They're like a good team. They have 11 wins. That's really good. They deserve to be high in the power rankings. I'm kind of with you. I don't like them in the playoffs. I think the Rams would beat them. 
Um, <clears throat> pretty much, I, I don't know if I see a team in the NFC that I think would beat them. If the Eagles stay fragile, I would probably pick the Lions. I don't know how the last two weeks are going to shake out for the Eagles, but you know, the, the Lions, the, the NFC North was better this year than people wanted to give it credit for. Everyone thought the Bears were going to stink. They were okay. Everyone thought the Packers were going to stink. They were okay. And the Vikings came back and proved that they're actually a good team. And I think the Lions were an elite team. So I'm not sure they have the experience needed, you know, once the postseason comes around. I love the head coach. I think there's a chance they do well in the postseason because of him and how, you know, he is as a head coach. But as of right now, I have to have them at number six. At number uh, five, I do have the Dallas Cowboys. I disagree with you. I was actually hoping that the Dolphins and Cowboys would at minimum just have a close game because those are two teams that I obviously think very highly of at this point in the season. And whoever won was going to be higher on the power rankings, obviously, but whoever lost, if it was by a slim margin, which it was, I was going to keep them right there. The Cowboys crumble under the bright lights. They find a way to lose a football game. It always seems to be the case, and that's why in the playoffs I'm scared. I want the Dallas Cowboys to make it to the Super Bowl this year, and I'll tell you why. I'm not a Cowboys guy. I borderline like don't like them. Like I, They've always been my least favorite team. I used to say I would root for Green Bay in the playoffs against them. Um, that is far from the case right now. I want them to go to the Super Bowl because the NFL is loaded with backup quarterbacks right now. And the play around the league, you got a lot of rinky-dink games so far this season. Most games the Cowboys play in are fun and exciting. I think for football's sake, it would be amazing to have America's team in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I have them at number five. I think they're a real threat. Um, the way they played against the Dolphins made me realize, like think, yes, they could absolutely shrink under the bright lights against a good team. It would not shock me at all if they do something so egregiously stupid once the postseason comes around and they miss their opportunity to make it to the Super Bowl. But the way, the way they played this year... Um, coach McCarthy has won a Super Bowl before, so he knows what it takes. Um, I'm not sure he's like the proper coach for that job, but there are way worse coaches in the NFL that he'll be competing against as they move along here. Um, so I actually have the Dallas Cowboys. Was, was that number six or number five? Uh, you had the Lions at six. Yeah. So that was number five. Um, do I do number four? No, you did six and five. Right. Okay, I had the Rams at ten. Because you always do Chiefs at nine. Uh, always, Eagles at eight. We Lions always do at... two. So you did two. You did the Lions and the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because then so I have to do my number five. Yep, you're up. Which Foster nailed on the head. It's the Buffalo Bills. My Bills are back in the top five. They've now won three games in a row, firmly in a playoff hunt. Things weren't pretty against the Chargers, no, but they did what they had to do to get a win in crutch time. It looked like the Bills were going to choke another game away, a game they should dominate. You know, they're without – you had Easton Stick at quarterback. Keenan Allen wasn't playing. It's a game the Bills need to dominate, get that dominating win. They didn't, but they got the win, keep them in the playoff hunt. Um, the Bills are going to continue this run and make the playoffs. I firmly believe that. I'm backing them to win the Super Bowl, VP. I know this might sound crazy now, but I stand by my preseason predictions. 
I know if I was anyone else in the NFL right now, I would not want to face Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills in a playoff game while they're on this winning streak. Um, I don't know. Obviously, depends how the rest of the season goes. If they'll get to host at all in the postseason, a playoff game. But if they do, those fans are crazy. You saw it when Dallas came in to play Buffalo. Uh, you can't hear if you're the away team. You can't hear the play calls. I couldn't even hear. I was listening for Dak Prescott's, Prescott's, you know, before he snaps the ball, he always says, here we go. And I was listening to that. You couldn't hear it. It's so loud in Buffalo. Those fans are crazy. So I got the Buffalo Bills at five. I, I just wouldn't want to play them right now. Number four, I got the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are moving on up after this nice win against the Cowboys. They finally got a quality win. This wasn't that wasn't against a team below 500. After that horrendous choke they had a few weeks ago to the Titans, they've bounced back very nicely. And the most re, this most recent win against the Cowboys kind of felt like a playoff game in my opinion. And they're one of the, you know, select few teams in the league that sit at 11 and 4. I just don't think the Dolphins team gets enough credit because they've, you know, kind of fed on the bottom feeders. But they got that quality win now. The offense has to be more than just Tua and Tyreek Hill. But I think their running game is also super, super underrated with a chain and Mostert as a one-two knockout blow. I mean, obviously all eyes are on Tua and Tyreek, but their running game, super underrated. And if you look this week, the running game, the leading rusher was Mostert with like 46 yards, no touchdowns. But they converted when they needed most on the ground. They are deadlier than it seems in the running game. They're moving up. Miami Dolphins at number four. I like it, Frank. I like it a lot. At number four, I put the Cleveland Browns. I love that defense with my whole heart. If their quarterback can continue playing okay football, they could have a Nick Foles situation where they go on and win the Super Bowl with this outstanding defense and a quarterback that just finds a way to not turn the ball over. Try not to suck. That's what they got to tell the quarterback. Try not to suck. Tough going early in the year. I, I give them a little extra boost because of the division they play in that is the only division in the National Football League where every single team is over 500. Not at 500, over 500. Crazy. The last place Cincinnati Bengals are tied with the last place Pittsburgh Steelers at 8-7, and seven, and they both might make playoffs. So the Browns are 10-5 and five in that division. If they, could, if they go 12-5, and five, I mean, I, I would pick them in playoff games. I, I really think they're that good. They have a style that can convert to the playoffs. It also wouldn't shock me if they choke in the first round because they get stuck playing against a team like the Chiefs or something like that. None of those things would surprise me, but I think the Browns are very, very good. I tried to tell you at timeout during the preseason that the Browns would be a playoff team this year. I've lo- I loved their roster last year. And two years ago, but for some reason, Baker Mayfield decided not to play well when he was part of their team. But when he goes to Tampa Bay, he decides to look like the guy who was picked number one. Um, It is what it is. The Browns, they're good now. That's all that matters. And I have them as the number four team. Um, At number three, you're going to be shocked to hear me say this. I have the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins proved me wrong. I thought they were a bottom-feeding group of frauds. 
And you know what? They still might be, but they finally got a quality win over that good Dallas Cowboys team that I just got done. I was going to put Dallas at three and Miami at six, depending on how this game went. And Miami found a way to win a football game, and it wasn't so flashy. It was a playoff-style game. You're not just going to throw 10 touchdowns to Tyreek Hill every single game. You're going to have to find ways to win a football game. The Dolphins did that against a good team with the bright lights on a holiday, Christmas Eve. Um, It was just an outstanding football game, and I'm really happy that the Dolphins were able to kind of show the world, like, hey, we're for real now. Okay, we beat a bunch of bad teams. Would you rather us lose to bad teams? Because when we play the good teams, we're going to hang with them too. Um, they probably should have beaten the Chiefs in Germany, right? Like, they they came back and they should have won. So, like, when they play in the United States without a terrible start like that, I have a chance that they're going to go on a run. I really like what you get from the Dolphins there, so I have them at number three. Very surprised, VP. You're going to be surprised at my number three. <clears throat> they were uh, a lot lower on your list, and they've actually moved up, I think, on my list. But I got the Philadelphia Eagles at three. They're back in my top three after they stopped the bleeding of a three-game losing streak. Sometimes the best things that could happen to a team is overcoming a rough losing streak. Hey, just ask the 49ers about that. After such a successful first half against the Giants, I got nervous that things were going to choke and things were going to go south and that the Eagles were going to choke the game. Um, they almost blew their lead. I think at one point the the Giants actually cut the lead to two after it was twenty to three. It was twenty to eighteen. I mean that would have been just extremely deflating for the Eagles. However, you know the bleeding's been stopped, and this is a great opportunity. And I said this last week too, with such a weak schedule to end this year, this is a great opportunity to head into the postseason on a little winning streak and potentially wrap up the NFC East. I mean, the Cowboys lost, so this is their chance to wrap up the division. Something, though, like you said, I agree, kind of like with the Chiefs, something's looked off with Hurts and the Eagles lately. But I still think they can make it to the Super Bowl for back-to-back seasons and make a run in the postseason. Every game you play, it's first and nine for the Eagles. They'll go for it. If it's fourth and one, they're going for it on their own 10-yard line because of how automatic it is. I think they can make a run in the playoffs. So I, I moved them up after that win. They overcame a little adversity, stopped the three-game losing streak, almost choked the lead but didn't. They bounced back nicely in the second half after that. I got them at three. Number two, I got the San Francisco 49ers. Despite losing, the 49ers are still going to remain second-ranked team on my list. They were last, or they were my last power rankings. They were second. They're going to remain second. Brock Purdy. He looked horrendous. He looked like a fourth-string QB out there. He threw four interceptions. I mean, then he was banged up and he went into the injury tent. So things were just all downhill for 49ers fans this week. I do think that they could still beat any team in the NFL. And because of that, they're going to remain number two on my list. But, you know, sometimes quarterbacks have really tough games. And that rough game came against the best team in the NFL right now. So if there was a game for his bad play to show, at least it was against the top team in the NFL. 49ers I, at two. I agree on the 49ers, and that's why I have them at number two as well. Um, that was the first time that the 49ers lost a game that Purdy, McCaffrey, and Debo all played in at the same time. So, you know, that's going to happen. No team goes perfect. 
It just hit me just now that that is a rematch of the last time each of these two teams were in the Super Bowl, the Harbaugh Bowl, mm-hmm. 49ers and Ravens. It, I, I didn't even think of that during the game. <clears throat> but, you know, I'm I'm not surprised that they lost the game. They kind of came back in a little bit, made it a little interesting down the stretch with what they did with Ayuk and running the ball with McCaffrey. The 49ers have one major weakness because I believe they have the best roster in the NFL. I've said that for a long time. Um, The team that's number one is number one because of what they've done. But on paper, I would take the 49ers over anybody. They have Hall of Famers all over the place. There are no weaknesses except for one little situational weakness. When they go down early, they're in trouble because Purdy is a good quarterback. I think he's a he's a good quarterback, Mister Irrelevant to to starter on a top team in the league in a short amount of time, and the 49ers missed on a top three pick quarterback, you know, with Trey Lance, um, but they made up for it with Purdy, right? Brock Purdy though, he doesn't have game breaking talent. That's why he was Mister Irrelevant. He's not going to throw for 100 yards on a game uh, most of the time. He relies on a lot of dink and dunk, throw screen passes to McCaffrey and Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Uh, you know, every now and then you'll make a good 10-yard throw, to, but he, he's never Peyton Manning or Andrew Lucking the ball down the field. They have to get out to a lead early. If they go up 7 nothing in a football game, I would bet them anytime. I would take them to be any team in the league. Even if they go down 7 nothing, It's if they're ever down 14 nothing and they have to start opening the offense a little bit, that's when Brock Purdy starts to struggle because he can't just do these little rinky-dinky things that move the ball slowly. You know, he can't Jay Cutler a ball out there. It's just not in his skill set, which is, again, why he was Mr. Irrelevant. He's a good quarterback but he has to play a certain way for the 49ers to have success. If they go to the Super Bowl and they get out to a 14-0 lead, I would bet anything that they end up holding on and winning the game because for the rest of the game, they're going to kill the clock every single time they have the ball, and they're going to end up winning 25-14 to or whatever it is. If they go down 10-0 early, they're in trouble, and that's my issue with them. It was proven against the team that I have number one, which is the best team in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens. If the season ended today, I would probably give heavy consideration to voting for Lamar Jackson to be the MVP of the league for the second time in his NFL career. They just have everything. Good coach. Lamar finally has pretty good receivers. Um, the defense is nasty. Um, I just like they they're tough. They play hard. Good linebackers. Solid running game. I just think the way the Ravens play, it's like it's perfect. And, you know, I, I do think the 49ers roster is a tad bit deeper, but, man, can Lamar throw a ball? And can he run? Can he make plays? As long as he's healthy, he's right there as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think as of right now, if the season were to end today, I would pick the Baltimore Ravens to win the Super Bowl, which is why I have them at number one on my list. And you obviously know my number one. It's the Baltimore Ravens. They went head-to-head with the 49ers, who were the top two teams on my power rankings, where the winner would be my number one. Ravens proved that they are the best team in the NFL right now at this point. They have one of the best defenses in the entire league. 
it might be number one. I mean, it was the Browns like five, six weeks ago. But the Browns, you know, they've been giving up some points. The Ravens are just clamping down on their defense. They de- it's definitely a top three. I know that for a fact. One of the best defenses in the entire league, one of the best offenses, and they have that elite quarterback. Not many teams can say that in the NFL. I think right now the Ravens are the top of most people's power rankings, if you'd have to ask, and through the end of the season. They're going to be rough to play against. And like you said and something I didn't mention, they got the coach too. Hardball's amazing. So. Um, yeah, the Ravens, they're deadly right now. I wouldn't want to play them if I was any other team. 100%. All 10. No, we had one difference. Yeah. The Bucks. We, we switched our 11th and our 10th, which if you forced me to take off the Rams and put the Bucks, I, I, they're both Super Bowl winners within the last I swear I was year. going back and forth between the Rams and the Bucks. <laughs> you know what we forgot about when we made our season predictions? I don't know if we've talked about this, but when we made our season predictions, there is one thing we forgot about. We forgot, we thought because Tom Brady was being placed, replaced by Baker Mayfield that there was going to be this big drop off because of, you know, the experience and the professionalism that Tom Brady brings. Well, they went 8 and 9 last year with Tom Brady. And it wasn't Tom Brady's fault. He had over 4,000 passing yards and stuff like that. He was he was decent. Um, they still largely have that core. That uh, Not largely, but like they have multiple players left from the team that won the Super Bowl just three years ago or two years ago, whatever it is. And, you know, some of those players on defense and the offensive line and guys who have been there, done that, it's not really all that surprising that the Bucks are the best of this division the nfc south that we thought was going to be just so so terrible they will end with a better record than they had last year yeah for sure they would have to lose they would have to lose their last two games to have the same record as last year if they go one and if they go one and one if they go one and one or two and oh they will have a better record than last year and they're gonna win yeah they're gonna win the division they're gonna have a better record which is yeah the, the falcons blew it the Falcons blew whatever chance they had of winning the division. Because... Now they Bears. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to take the Bears, I think. Bears are going to – they should win that game. I think the Bears beat the Falcons. I really, really do. They could, yeah. So are you happy with the Bears then? That's going to be my next question. Am I happy with them? Um, eh. I really think the way the season is finishing out for the Bears is the worst-case scenario. Yes, coming, I do too. Coming into the season – I predicted the Bears at 8-9. If they win out, they finish 8-9. Exactly what I thought they'd be. However, what I didn't predict is how they started off so bad. And now they're winning now. Like, as the 8-9 team I predicted, I expected them to be like 6-4 maybe at one point, 7-6, lose a couple, then win one here and there but at least be like a semi-interesting team throughout the year. I mean, there comes a point in the season when you're buried like they were in the standings where you're hoping that they're going to get a two top five picks. Now, that may not happen now if they win out. However, I still think with the Bears or with the Panthers pick, the Bears still have an opportunity to make a big move and not trade it away this time to, you know, to add some pieces to this team. But no, I'm not happy that they started out bad at that point. Just stay, stay bad, and not be an eight and nine team and ruin it at the end when you've been so bad all year. 
That's fair. I like how the team is clearly better than last year. So if they decide to keep Justin Fields and they take Marvin Harrison Jr. as the number one overall pick with the Panthers pick, and then I think right now if the season ended today, they would have the eighth pick with their own selection, um, you take an offensive lineman. You know, maybe that kid from Penn State who is supposed to be the best left tackle in the draft. He'll probably go before eight. We'll see how the rest of the week shake out. He might be out of the Bears' reach. But um, then you're coming into next year, and you're like, if you have a couple good signings and Fields like really does just play well like he has been the last month or so, you could end up being a playoff team. Because there's where there's two weeks left, they're six and nine, they're still not mathematically eliminated like most teams in the league are. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things like how the last two weeks shake out are going to be pivotal. We just need the Panthers to keep losing. Um, so they hand the Bears the number one overall pick again, which would be really, really nice. But I got to tell you, I am happy that the roster is clearly like wildly better than last year. That's mm-hmm. my takeaway from the game against the Cardinals in the All Chicago Bowl. You're right. I had this discussion with one of my uncles. If the Cardinals never left Chicago, I'm probably for sure a Cardinals fan and not a Bears fan. Wow. The Bears played their games at Wrigley Field wow, and wow, the wow. car and the Cardinals played theirs at Comiskey Park. So I feel like I would have been raised to be a Cardinals fan. I'm not even just saying that as like a Sox guy at 29 years old. I'm I'm guessing what my family lineage would have said yeah, right. along the way. That's fair. So, well, well, all right, well, Frank. It is time for you to hop off football a little bit, unless you name Madden. I want to hear the top five PS5 games according to you. That you should play? Um, Just in general, the top five PS5 games. See, I kind of took this in a different direction. <clears throat> Take it whatever direction you want. Because if I tell you Spider-Man 2, right, well, then I'm going to say, well, at that point, before you play Spider-Man 2, I'm just going to add the whole Spider-Man franchise. That's fine. So I'm going to take it in a little bit of a different direction. So first off, I would say, yeah, the Spider-Man franchise. Not a game, but a series of games. Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and Spider-Man 2. There's a whole universe here. Their next game, Insomniac Games, the developers who made Spider-Man, is Venom. It leaked. It's like in their plans. It's the next release coming out in 2025, I think. Like, if you're a fan of Marvel, which I know you are, and a lot of people watching the Phantom Marvel, like the Spider-Man franchise, 100% is going to be something you're going to have to dive into. And I kind of felt that way about a lot of these games, so that's why I've included franchises. God of War franchise is one of them as well. Absolutely got to play the God of War franchise. I think it's one of the coolest concepts that you're literally a god fighting and defeating other gods like Zeus and freaking... Uh, I don't know. I don't know a whole bunch of gods off the top of my head. Thor, Thor and just uh, Odin. Odin and Odin or whatever. Persephone. Like, literally, it's a game around gods, which is so cool. 
and like you're a god defeating other gods and like the storyline is like you're if you're a playstation fan god of war and the games in the franchise are like you're gonna have to play and i'm not gonna just give you one god of war game because why would you just jump into like the latest god of war when you have no background on kratos and all that and like you know what i mean it's like watching harry potter from the fifth movie on like why would you do that like get a background and a feel for all these characters so god of war franchise spider-man franchise the uncharted franchise which is also a reason why i'd want to get a ps5 because you can't play those games on xbox and i've heard very very good things from the uncharted franchise um that's also one I'd recommend. The Last of Us franchise, Last of Us Part 1 and Part 2, that's incredible. People who aren't fan of video games love The Last of Us video games. Like, Brian played The Last of Us, and he was dumbfounded of how good it is. Then they created the TV show. TV show's just as good. I highly rec- recommend that for you. Maybe it's not up your alley. Maybe you're not a big fan of zombies and whole plagues and stuff like that. But the story alone triumphs any aspect of the game. It's a beautiful story. So I definitely recommend if you have a PlayStation to play The Last of Us franchise, part one and part two, because you're not playing it anywhere else. So now's your time to take advantage of that. And then a game that was originally made for the PlayStation 4, but it's even better on the PlayStation 5, is Ghost of Tsushima. If you're a fan of just pure dominating fighting. It's a game about a samurai where you're a samurai. Now, I haven't played many, many samurai games and I'm sure you haven't. And not many people have as well, because there's just not many games created around that type of stuff, but it's really cool. The graphics are amazing. The story's incredible and it's all been optimized and even better on the PlayStation five. So right now, I'd have to say the God of War franchise, the Uncharted franchise, Spider-Man franchise, Last of Us franchise, and Ghost of Tsushima. You won't go wrong with any of those if you're looking to play some new games. Hell yeah, Frank. That's exactly the kind of, like, that's what I wanted right there. I think I'm going to dive into the God of War and Last of Us franchises. I, and I want to watch the TV show. Like, I love, um, now Beautiful. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Now I'm drawing a blank on his Andrew name. Pascal. Pedro Pascal. I, yeah. I say I love him, and then I forget his name. I'm a dick. Yeah, he's great. But he's outstanding. Mando, obviously love Mando. Um, but yeah, I really want to get into that stuff. So I'm gonna play all these games, and I want to. And I you hope know, you I, get the whole franchise. I got PlayStation. I didn't get it to collect dust. I want to play these games, and I've been off of video games for like three years now, and I'm I'm like want to be back in. So I got Call of Duty. I got. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order, so like I can start that and play the sequel once I'm done with that. Um, I'll I'll mix in the sports games. I got MLB The Show with Jazz Chisholm Jr. on it, and I'm gonna get the Kale McCarr NHL for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I have to play NHL. Yeah. Um, you know, I I get used to it. You know, I played I played as the Devils on so many bad teams where like Adam Henrique is their best forward with an 83 overall. Um. The Devils finally have guys that are like in the 90s on certain attributes and stuff, and I'm not playing. So, like, I need to get on there and dangle with Jack Hughes and Nico Escher and Luke Hughes and stuff like that. So, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I'm very excited about it. What? I said 100% for sure. (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, Was there something else you were going to say really quick? 
I just hope that if you dive into these series, you play the whole franchise. Yeah, well, I I don't like jumping into movies mid movie. So, like I like if you ask Dylan, he's gonna tell you you don't have to play like the first few God of Wars. I would suggest doing so, just because you know it's I I'm I can't like play video games like that. Like I'm not gonna play Jedi Survivor without playing Fallen Order, especially because yeah. it's you know, like these games continue a story. It's you know what I mean. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's a lot of games to play and a lot of time to invest. But if you're going to take the journey, take the journey the right way. I couldn't agree more. Um, did you hear the uh, really quick before we get into breaking bets? The update from Kevin Weeks on the potential expansion update. No. Potential expansion update. I'm told word on the street is that the South Forsyth project in South Bourbon, Atlanta, including an arena, is all ahead, full speed, with the design moving quickly and interviews for builders taking place. Interesting. We're gonna get it. There, there will be expansion again soon. <clears throat> Gary said we were done after Vegas, and then he said we were done after Seattle. He lied. <laughs> I, I, I think we get up to like I. We'll push forty. That's in crazy. the NHL. And it's going to seem crazy to Americans who follow only basketball, baseball, and football. But Canada's a big part of the NHL. So, and there there are only twenty five American teams. It's the least. Of, it's the least by far. Yeah. So they're going to want 30, 31 American teams. Then you right. add on the Canadian teams, and the league will thrive. I I'm all for it. I want more kids playing and watching hockey. So yeah, I'm ready for it. Frank, I think it is time that you make some people some money in America's favorite podcast segment of the week. Breaking bets. Where's my money, bitch? Well, this is our last one of 2023. We made it. You started tracking almost a year ago to the day. So then next year, we'll start fresh. We'll have a start fresh tracking the records and everything and the percentages. Last week, I swept the board. I went three for three. So if you followed my picks last week, you couldn't go wrong. I was stunned that the Ravens were getting six points. I mean, there was, there was a lot of good that went on last week if you followed my breaking bets pick. The Capitals won. I had the Capitals and the Rams won. They covered. I had them to cover. So this week, got three more picks for you. It's the last breaking bets of 2023, so let's close the year out strong. The NHL is back tonight. Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the New York Islanders in New York. I like the New York Islanders money line here. Minus 122, bet to win two units. It's a beautiful Metro Division battle coming back from the holiday break. Both teams come into the break sort of inconsistent up and down here and there. However, the Islanders have owned the head-to-head matchup with the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've won their last four four games against the Penguins, and they've also won eight of their last ten against the Pittsburgh Penguins, which I was kind of surprised. Islanders also have a great home record. So I'm going to back them here at home and almost to pick them in a series that the Islanders have dominated over the years. Islanders money line bet to win two units at minus 122. I just realized I haven't put up my graphics yet either. Come on, Frank. I'm going to do that. 
uh, in the meantime, um, let's see. Next pick. Obviously, we're going to throw in a football pick. I'm not going to touch the Thursday night football game this week for breaking bets. Um, there was something more I liked. There was one I liked on Sunday more. And that's the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. I like the Baltimore Ravens minus two and a half. We're going, it's the largest breaking bets pick we've ever done. Bet to win five units. Both teams are coming off impressive wins, but the Ravens are on a different level right now. This Miami, this Miami offense can run flat sometimes, and you can't afford that to happen when you're playing a team like the Baltimore Ravens. On their home field, they're going to be extremely tough to beat. And the Dolphins, who are playing well right now, just I just think are going to come up short. And I think the Ravens are going to be able to win this game fairly easy. That defense is good. They're home. They should win by a field goal, no doubt. We'll see what happens, but I'm pretty confident. Ravens minus two and a half at minus 153. Bet to win five units. And my last pick, because how can I not have a pick for the college football playoff? We got Alabama versus Michigan. I'm taking Alabama money line plus 102 to take down the number one team in the country for five units. Alabama had that impressive win against Georgia and really has looked great all year. They've had to battle, though, the entire season just to get to this point, to make it to the college football playoff. I think a lot of Michigan fans are going to be heartbroken after this game. There's a reason that the number one team in the country isn't a heavy, heavy favorite. Alabama may have not blown out a lot of teams this year, top teams at least, but they wear teams down, they play close games, and they strike you when you're down in the end to pick up their wins. Watch out for Alabama in these playoffs. Roll Tide, VP. Roll Tide. I agree. I think Alabama's going to win. Good. I agree. I forgot to write that down. Predicting the college football playoff. We can roll through that real quick before we end the show. I kind of just did. We don't have to do the whole playoff. Well, no, just the first round. Yeah. You well, need I the think, other game. Yeah, well, for sure. I think Alabama takes us home. I think the number one team in the country, Michigan's going down. Um, I just I don't really trust Michigan that much, to be honest with you. I think Alabama, they have the experience being in this position right now. So I'm going to Alabama. Texas and Washington, I'm going Texas. I haven't been high up on Washington all year. I'm not going to start now. Texas has looked great. Quinn Ewers, I mean, I love their offense. I think it's just – and now don't get me wrong, Washington's got a very, very good defense that we've seen shut down Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks fairly easily both times they played. But I just think this Texas offense is a different breed. So I'm going to take Texas. We're going to have Texas and Alabama in the college football championship. Both teams rank three and four. Both are like the lower-ranked teams. I think that would be kind of cool. I do think that would be kind of cool. I agree. I have the same thing. I think Texas gets it done, and we have a Texas versus Alabama national championship on the 11th. I mean, how freaking cool would that be? That's freaking – it's like one of the powers of the past and one of the powers of the present taking on against each other, taking on each other in this big game. I would just really I, – I would love the national championship no matter what, but, man, would it draw a lot of eyes if it were Bama versus Texas. 100%. No doubt about it. Wheat would that be. Um, very much looking forward to that. Frank, is there anything else you have to get off your chest before we say goodbye? 
just anybody that's watching, watching, I hope you had a very Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Holidays, and I wish you all a Happy New Year. Absolutely, and make sure you check the rest of the shows here on the Barroom Network throughout the rest of the week. Talking Bears, taking on the Atlanta Falcons, and very much looking forward to all of that. Great stuff here on the Barroom Network. Uh, I know Joe Manda will be doing Somebody Big Just Died with Mike North on Saturday, too, so make sure you're around for that. Dan and Aldo, everyone, doing shows between now and our next show next Wednesday. We're very much looking forward to it. Can't wait. And again, uh, to echo what Frankie said, I hope everybody watching in the chat, listening on you know, all the podcast networks, whether it be Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, we hope you all have a very happy new year. Thank you for listening.